Hi, everyone. This is Diana Chapman, uh, co-founder of the Conscious Leadership Group. And I am here today with Lisa Murphy. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Good afternoon. Hi. I'm really excited to have you on because, well, for two reasons. One is, I think you're our first head of HR of anybody we've interviewed so far. So I'm really excited to hear somebody who leads HR and their perspective about the Conscious Leadership Group and the 15 Commitments. And then secondly, I'm excited because you're the head of HR of the city of Santa Cruz, which is my hometown. And I don't get to work in Santa Cruz very often. I'm usually off jet setting around in different parts of the country. So I'm really excited to have somebody to talk to here in the podcast that's, that's here in my own city. Great. Well, that's why it was such a pleasure because you were here in our backyard, which made it so convenient and perfect. It was a yeah, good tell us, tell us a little bit more about you and your role and your team. Okay, great. So uh, I am, as you said, the Human Resources Director for the City of Santa Cruz. We have about 800 employees here at the city. In, in our department in the Human Resources, which we oversee all of those um, d- different departments and employees, I have about so I have 11 employees. Uh, and we are a full-service city, so we have a variety of employees here that we must meet their their needs. In my particular department, some of the functions that we have, we do labor relations and recruitment. We do salary studies. We do all sorts of training for our employees. Um, and, of course, we administer all the benefits for all employees. So you can imagine we have a lot going on in this department. Uh yeah, you guys seem awfully busy over there. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about, tell, tell the story about how you found the Conscious Leadership Group. Okay, sure. Uh, which it was like finding you know, a treasure for sure. So I have been here just a little over two years. And when I first came to the city, uh, they had cycled through a couple of HR directors prior to my arrival. And... So the team was quite fractured. Uh, there was animosity between some members. It was a definitely it was a functioning team, but barely. Um, the relationship between each of my team members was was very strained, and they wanted to find a way to heal and come together. Uh, so that was one of my first. Uh, um, projects was to start that healing process and, and get this team to come out of a place of, of darkness, really. And we started looking for facilitators, and I was not finding anything that really met what we were looking for. And, and one of my team members had remembered a book she saw, and it was The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And we looked through it and thought, oh, my gosh, I think this is it. Like the light went off. And that's when we reached out and contacted you and Matt. And when we brought you two in to meet some members of my team, I think there were some of them who were literally ready to cry after talking to you. I think we <laughs> knew we found um, what was going to help heal this this uh, department and bring us all together. So yeah, that's how I remember. <laughs> I remember that time, and I do remember. I could remember you could feel it in the room, some of the fracturedness and the strained relationships that first time coming in. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was it was very uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, so I think I think I've been in there two or three times now to be with you all. I, three, three times. Three so we times had our now. first. Yeah, we had our first uh, full day session over a year ago, and then we brought you back for a half day session because we had some missing team members. But that we just carried on with uh, continuing the conversation for the 15 commitments, and then we just recently had you back for some additional. I wouldn't even say follow up. It's still we're still learning and still growing. Yeah, yeah. And when I one of the things I'm really in awe of is how much you guys have transformed with just you know a few days of facilitation. And I think that has a lot to do with how much you're practicing. But but I'd love to hear what your experience is of how practicing these 15 commitments is changing you, your team, the dynamics there. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Okay, well, as you may recall, the first session when we first started to learn about some of the basics, like the drama triangle, and we started to self-identify where each of the team members fit in, you know, victim, villain, or hero. Um, and we talked a lot about identifying, again, where we are, and then the idea of am I willing to shift? Uh, so just that that beginning of identifying who we were and where we were, and we the beautiful part I think of it was you could keep that to yourself. You didn't necessarily have to share it to the, with the whole group, but you could practice that um, internally in the exercises that you gave us at the very beginning. Um, we, um, you know, tell me again what you. <laughs> How it was the question? How were you practicing it, or yeah, how we well, started? How are you yeah. practicing it? But particularly, what are you noticing is changing over there oh. in your department because of how you're practicing? Okay, so we are again. We are practicing. We have a book club. We meet every two to three weeks. And although that we're going to change that dynamic a little bit, and we use your discussion uh, handouts. But we mm-hmm. we have come from a complete place. I think of 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 darkness and dreariness to this amazing source of light where my team, who they really do think of themselves now as a team, we are so much more creative. It's unbelievable the creativity that has come out of this group and productivity, the the teamwork that we now incorporate in, in all of our jobs, we, we form teams to solve issues and problems. And before, they there was no working together. There was, uh, this is my silo. Don't enter my silo. And I'm the only no, one that knows what's going on in here. Um, and I think practicing the commitments has the personal growth and development has opened people up to saying, there's so much more we can do if we do it together. Mm. and get rid of the baggage. That's <laughs> And if you remember one of the biggest, I think one of the, the, one of the most important uh, commitments, I mean, there's a couple of them, I can rattle them all off, but the, um, the gossip, I think that's commitment number five, I want to say. That yeah, gossip. Uh-huh. Came and owning your own story is probably uh, the biggest commitment that's helped change my department 
the difference between your story and what's really fact and <laughs> understanding what you make up about other people is not necessarily right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> it's that, one of my most favorite. Yeah. It, it is. And so just, again, we practice it. We practice in our own ways. You don't have to participate if you don't want to in our, little, our group sessions. Um, we share articles. We put things up on our walls, our personas, and we have fun with it. Um, but the, the self-reflection and the self-growth for from taking 100% ownership, practicing the clearing model, has turned this department upside down. And and it's not only my own employees understand it and see it, but everybody outside of this department has seen such incredible change from my people. Uh, well, I, I, I think the commitments are really powerful, but I want to give you guys so much credit for how much you have been practicing and and I love your word playing with it because that's my sense about you all is you're starting to play with it you're really creative about the ways you're talking about it and bringing it in and I'm and I'm so curious to hear more about um you were saying something about putting posters on the wall or or talking about your personas can you share more about that idea oh sure we we cut out what we have our personas of like a superwoman or a mother teresa and, and we and we play with who fits those different personas at different times to help uh-huh. each other. It helps each other understand more about that person and where they're coming uh-huh. from. The other, it's fine. And the other thing we did was sometimes we'll just take an article uh, about uh, behavior that we like or don't like, whether it be rude in a meeting or, you know, what does that do to you? And we use that topic and we, will use the commitments as they're related to that and what it means to us. So mm. my staff has become really creative in how to um, to practice. You know, another or another quick one we did was showing the appreciation, right, for each other. And we did a bunch of sticky notes. And you you wrote down anonymously things that you appreciated about another person and you, you put it under their name. And then some great things came out of that that made people feel really valued and appreciated that they didn't know before. So it's mm. been fun. It's great. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Of all the things that have happened, what has surprised you the most? Uh, I think what surprised me that it works. <laughs> uh-huh. it, that it really, it does work. That if you, you put the time and effort in, and you don't have to have your whole team bought in, but eventually they do come on board. Um, the the creativity, the joy has been amazing. It's just been incredible, the feeling to walk in. And people's doors used to be closed. Now they're all open. They're out in the lobby area exchanging ideas and talking, and, and all that old stuff is it's no longer valid. It's not important. It's, and we all own what we contributed to it. And the, so the surprising part is, wow, you can become the most creative and productive department or a group or individual when you, you let go and become, um, you don't have to be right anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so here's one of the things that I think is really interesting, and that is that, you know, you came into this group and they weren't thrilled about having new leadership. And no. so here you are, you're this new leader. Some of them are not thrilled. A lot of, some of your team have been around for a long time. They, so you're the new kid on the block and here you are bringing this content in and all these ideas. That's some courageous stuff. And I'm just, I'm curious, what would you tell other leaders who feel some vulnerability about um, their own reputation and how is it going to go over with their team? You have to be incredibly vulnerable. You, you really got to open yourself up to that. And, and as you know, like you described, I came in uh, in a very challenging environment. They weren't ready or willing to accept me as their uh, department leader, but I think that they also saw that something needed to change. Uh, something needed to be happening. It just couldn't continue to, to go on like this. So as a leader, you have to put your neck out there, jump off that bridge and take that chance because um, sometimes actually going down even deeper and is, is the only way you can go so that you can start to rise to the top. Because I think we did go even a little uglier and deeper into issues and problems, but that exposed stuff and it allowed the healing to start. To, and to move forward. And, and you don't have to be a completely fractured team that's, that's falling apart to, to benefit from this. You can be a great team, but this just opens up yourself to another level. But mm -hmm. I would say that's probably the number one thing is um, be vulnerable, but also show that you're, you're looking to, to become the best um, uh, your people can be and, and open them up to all the possibilities. It's amazing. Yeah. And for those of you who speak Enneagram out there, Lisa's a type three. So, which is, which is even more impressive because, you know, you got, you had to get really vulnerable and, uh, and let go of trying to control an image. And that's, you know, I imagine that was some really powerful work for you as well. You know, I was wondering if we were going to bring up the, the Enneagram because that has probably been the most transforming piece for me is really that self-reflection of what it is that drives me and motivates me and what holds me back. And as a leader, if you don't understand those features about yourself, you, you just won't be successful. And as mm -hmm. you know, the, the type three, I'm always looking to get the image and achieving success is is important to me right that's that's what i thrive on um and so always having that outer image of that my team looks good that we're perfect you, you i had to let all of that go and that show folks that it we we can be better we we have issues we have flaws but look at how where we could what we can become um and i think at the end of the day it, it wasn't that big. It, it wasn't the image thing. wasn't that big a deal. I, it didn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. But the rest of the city saw that. Wow, we have become even better, you know, than yeah. what they, than anything, because we all let go of our, our, um, what we hold. So, you know, what is it that you would say you get that rush from? I remember you tapping on our your wrist as a pulse. Like, I get, I thrive. I get a rush from holding on to my story. 
And yes. that adrenaline rush, that, that rush of righteousness. Yeah, yeah. And and once I feel like myself let go of having to be right and success orientated and take that step back uh and be authentic and, and appreciation um and and feel some feel the uh, those feelings has also connected me to my staff much in a much better way. Mm-hmm. There's another great success story, I think, of this team, which is, I mean, there were, I, I don't know, at least a couple of people, you weren't sure if they were ever going to get involved in embracing this content. Ugh. And, you know, and I don't think you were the only one. I think there was a lot of concern about, will we all really do this? Because it seemed that there was um, some real, you know, some real pushback. And so at least I don't know, from over here, the last time I was with you all, it looks like everybody's getting involved and everybody's participating on one level or another. Is that is that your experience? It is. You know, I think from the very be- from the beginning, right, we had people who were bought in or and then we had some were skeptics and some were just like, plain on, I'm not going to do it. But, hey, you're making me be here. I got to be here. I'll sit and listen. And going through the process i never after the retreat moving forward i never required people to be a part of the the practice sessions but i think what as those individuals who sat on the outside watching those skeptics those um those sixes in the enneagram world were uh questioning Mm -hmm. and they had to find their own path to participation and I, i just think that I really felt you you can participate by uh, reading the book, or that if that's the level you want, or by listening. You don't have to be actively involved, so you can go from the level one to level ten. Um, and I was okay with wherever you were in that spectrum. And so yes, yeah. it's almost two years later, uh-huh. I think I've got people who were at that level one who are now at that level, you know, five. And that's a yeah. good place. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you, I think this is a really great thing. You did require everybody to come to the trainings. But yeah. then after that, you let everybody participate at the level they wanted and you gave different options. And so I think I really like the way you held that. So um, it created a lot of freedom for people to come at their own pace and in their own way yeah I think while still have, requiring them to learn the content that's right you still have yeah. to learn the content you still need to be at some level of participation you don't ever have to say a word but you just have to be listening and watching and watching for change i think those skeptics were watching to see if it was really going to happen and once they start to see things changing they're more willing to become more vulnerable themselves. Mm. Oh, that's great. Any other thoughts you want to share or advice or um, or anything else about just your own journey that you think would be valuable for people to hear? Uh, well, you know, I think what's most valuable is it's really you can allow yourself to do as much or as little as you want. You can see how the the littlest things about owning your own story um they they can be simple or they can be complex but probably one of the best things is 
for for me and I think some of my team members is really becoming more self-aware, not only of what who you are and what you role you play, but understanding your your coworkers and what drives them, what mm-hmm. what is important to them, so that you can communicate. It has been a an amazing help for each of us to understand. And the Enneagram played such a big role in that too. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we love to incorporate it uh, with conscious leadership because it just, it builds so much understanding. And also what I enjoy is how much empathy I experience when I understand more about different people's perspectives and what motivates mm-hmm. and drives them. Yeah. Wow. You can't be a good leader, honestly, if your team isn't, supportive and part of uh, um, a group effort and everybody feels the value and the ownership, it, that's the only way you're going to be a successful leader. Yeah. And, that, and yeah, that's what well, you get out of the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wanted to tell you how I'm so excited about what you did and in such a short time and not only for what you did, but your whole team. I really get it was a team effort and everybody got willing and curious. So, um, I'm I'm thrilled. I feel proud of my own town that that um, this is happening in the government of my of my um, the place where I live, and I'm excited to continue to keep spreading it. Um, and thank you so much for your initiation and your courage and sticking your neck out. Oh, um, thank I'm very, you. Very very grateful. Yeah. No, you have no idea how grateful we are. <laughs> Honestly, because. <laughs> Uh, it's like being uh, in a, I said it early, you know, in a dark room and then suddenly, you know, you start to crack that door open and a little light comes in and more and more, the more light, the more you can see each other and start working together and functioning together uh, has been incredible. Great. That's a, I like that image. I did. I, I remember feeling it was a little dark in there. So, and it does feel, it does feel a lot lighter and brighter and you can feel the connection between everybody. It's It's very palpable. Yeah, and if I can say one last thing, sometimes it get it like I said earlier, uh, it can become it's more the pain can get worse before it can get better, and that's that's how the process you guided us through, and mm. that's how we got through it. Oh, I like you. That, I appreciate you saying that. I do think it's true. Sometimes we have to go into a little more discomfort first, and mm-hmm. and have that have those difficult conversations, and and then there's the breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's courageous work. I agree. It is. It, it's definitely um, for those who are willing and really want it. And I, I really get you guys were miserable enough. You really wanted it. And you were willing to, willing to do that. Have those difficult conversations. Yeah. It was, thank yeah. you. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here with me today. Thanks all of you for listening in and being a part of helping create a more conscious world out there. Uh, take care and uh, tune in next month for a uh, next leader we'll get to interview. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Bye, all.